Or even as we've just sung, it is well. And it is well because you are good, because you are powerful, and because you work all things for our good and your glory. It's because of those truths that we can proclaim the fact that it is well, regardless of our circumstances. It's because of those truths that even as the last verse of that song says, we can look forward, we can long for the day when the faith will be sight, when the Lord returns, when the trumpet blows. What a glorious day that will be. And even now we say, come Lord Jesus. And as we gather this evening and we open your word, may your spirit work through your word in each one of our hearts and lives. And may you accomplish your purposes in us this evening. May you be honored in Jesus' name. Amen. Psalm 20. We're in Psalm 20. Psalm 20. Psalm 20 and Psalm 21 actually work together. They are, they are kingly psalms. Um, here in Psalm 20, it's the, it's the people praying on behalf of their king. And we'll see how Psalm 20 and Psalm 21 work together. They kind of are the bookends around an event. And we'll see that this evening in Psalm 20. May the Lord answer you in the day of trouble. May the, name of the God, may the name of the God of Jacob defend you. May he send you help from the sanctuary and strengthen you out of Zion. May he remember all your offerings and accept your burnt sacrifice. May he grant you according to your heart's desire and fulfill all your purpose. We will rejoice in your salvation. In the name of our God, we will set up our banners. May the Lord fulfill all your petitions. Now I know that the Lord saves his anointed. He will answer him from his holy heaven with the saving strength of his right hand. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. They have bowed down and fallen, but we have risen up and stand upright. Save, Lord. May the king answer us when we call. As I mentioned, Psalm 20 and 21 work together. They are kind of bookends around a battle, around war. So as we come to Psalm 20, it's, it's a prayer as they're heading into war. And Psalm 21 is then rejoicing as they head out of war. Psalm 20 is looking forward. It's praying for victory. It's, they're, they're saying, we're trusting in you, Lord. And Psalm 21, as they then come out of the battle victorious, they're rejoicing in what God has done. These two psalms work together. As I mentioned, Psalm 20, it's a prayer on behalf of the king. As he's headed into battle, it's likely the congregation of the people who are singing these words, praying this prayer. If we come to Psalm 20, it starts with a prayer. In the first five verses. Six times we see the word may. May the Lord answer you in the day of trouble. May the name of the God of Jacob defend you. May he send help from his sanctuary. May he remember all your offerings. May he grant you according to your heart's desires. May the Lord fulfill all your petitions. They're sending their king, they're sending the army off into battle and these are their prayers, their requests. May he answer you. May he hear you. May he defend you. The name of the God of Jacob. 
He's the same God as the God of our fathers, the one who gave them the land. May he defend you now. May he send you help from his sanctuary and strengthen you out of Zion, where the tabernacle was set up. His dwelling place, where he is. May he go before you. May he go with you. May he remember all your offerings and accept your burnt offering, your burnt sacrifice. It assumes as the king and as they're going to battle that they have taken care of what they need to take care of. That they are walking with the Lord. That they have been faithful. We're working our way through Joshua on Sunday night, as you know, and we've seen in Joshua the, the importance for the children of Israel going into battle to obey the Lord. To be faithful to do all the Lord calls them to do. So verse 3 is a reminder of as they're, as they're heading into this battle. You've done your offerings. Hopefully you, you, you've done your burnt sacrifices. Hopefully you are, you are right before God. Because you are going to represent him in battle. Your faithfulness. That's important as we come to verse 4, because verse 4 says, May he grant you according to your heart's desire. The request here is not that God would give them just whatever they want. The request is more along the lines of, May your heart be in tune with God's heart. May you get what you want because you are in tune with God's will. That's why it's important that verse 3 comes before verse 4. Because they've taken these steps of faithfulness. They've, they've shown that they trust in the Lord. And they believe Him by the actions that they've taken. The sacrifices that they have done. And now as they go to battle, they have, they have shown. I want what God wants. My heart is in line with what He says. I've been obedient. You will rejoice in your salvation. Victory in battle. Faith that God will deliver them. We will rejoice in your salvation. God will deliver you. In the name of our God, we will set up our banners. Victory. May the Lord fulfill all your petitions. These first five verses are the prayer. These requests that they are, they are bringing, that they are singing over the king and the army as they're heading off to battle. Verses 6 to 8, then, is the truth that these requests, that this prayer, that this song is founded on. It's the foundation. The foundation of, of, the first, of the truth in the first five verses. They've said, may the Lord answer you. As you come to verse 6, then, we have confidence. Now, I, I know that the Lord saves his anointed. I know this. This is true. He will answer from his holy heaven. They've prayed, may the Lord answer you. May the Lord fulfill your petitions. Now they're saying, I know he will. He will answer him from his holy heaven. With the saving strength of his right hand. They've, they've prayed, we will rejoice in your salvation. We look forward to that. We're trusting in that. And now they're confirming that. He will answer. He will come with saving strength. 
Verse 7 might sound familiar. We talked about it just a few weeks ago and we were working our way through Joshua. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. As these people are going to battle, their trust is not in the, the technology they may have. They can have the best chariots. They can have the best archers. The best generals. The fastest horses. None of that matters. What matters is that the Lord is on their side. In fact, what matters is that they are on the Lord's side. Some trust in chariots, some in horses. That's where they put their faith. That's where they invest their their time, their money. But we will remember. We will remember the name of the Lord our God. As we prepare for battle, as we go to battle, as we find ourselves in the midst of battle, we will remember on whose side we fight, who goes before us, who fights with us. It's the Lord our God. We see this in Joshua 11. Chapter 6, you may remember, they've, they've chased these people, they've conquered them, this army that was greater than them, that was more powerful than them, that had these, these, these vast horses and these powerful chariots and they conquer them and you would think military strategy would be to now take these over you've got these these chariots these horses that are now yours you've conquered them they strengthen your army and do you remember what God tells them to do they destroy the 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 chariots and the horses why Because they're not trusting in the horses or the chariots. They don't need those. God has promised to give them the land. They don't need horses. They don't need chariots. They need faith. And all horses and chariots do is it gets in the way of their faith. It gives them a distraction, something to call their faith to something else. God says, you don't need that. You need me. We see that in Joshua eleven six. 6. Here in Psalm 27, we see the same thing. Some trust in chariots, some in horses. But we, we will remember the name of the Lord our God. They, those who trust in chariots, those who trust in horses, those who have put their faith in the wrong thing, they have bowed down, they have fallen. But we have risen. We stand upright because our faith is in God. Because he fights for us. So in the first five verses, you have this prayer. A supplication before the Lord. Then in verses 6 to 8, you have the truths. The foundation of those prayers. They can pray with confidence that, that God would give salvation. That God will hear. Why? Because he has told them, I will hear. Because he has told them, I will give you victory. Again, we've seen that all throughout Joshua. The importance with the children of Israel, the promises that God gave them, I will give you this land. Your, Your seed will bless the earth. Now, with David involved, we have the Davidic covenant. Someone from your line will sit on the throne, will rule. There's these promises that they are holding on to. And if they will but trust in the Lord and obey, he will give them the victory. 
So they march to battle with these truths being sung over them as they're going out. As you come to verse 9, you have one final supplication. Save, Lord. May the king answer us when we call. He will save. For he is their God. And he is a faithful God. And he will keep the promises that he makes. Now, as we come to Psalm 20, what is the application for us in the church? We don't have promises of victory in battle. We don't gather as an army. We don't sing these over each other as we go out to to fight the enemies in the world. (laughs) That's not what we do. That's not what we've been called to. But there's a principle here. And that principle is that God is faithful. And because God is faithful, we can trust him. You see, we don't go out to battle. But we do go out and face temptation. We do go out and face things in the world that we don't understand. Sickness. Death. Pain. And just like God has given them promises, promises of a land, promises of, of someone to rule on the throne, promises of victory, so God has given us promises. He's given us promises. Not of health, not of wealth, but promises that he is working all things for our good, promises that he is coming again. Promises that even though we may not understand what is going on, he will never leave us. He will never forsake us. In the midst of our struggle, he's there. He's working all things for our good. They can pray these facts before they go into battle with confidence because they have the truth of verses 6 to 8. Because they have these foundations of these truths, these promises from God, they can pray with confidence, verses 1 to 5. They know God will provide. They know God will hear. So we too have have promises that we can cling to, that we can hold to. We know who God is. They may not know what this battle looks like. They may not know as they go out to battle how it will turn out. But they know in the end, they will get the victory. Because they've been obedient. They've obeyed the Lord and he promises to bless them. And so too we, as we go through struggles in life, we may not see the end result. We may not understand in the midst of it. But we, there's truths. Truths that we can plant our feet on. Truths that we can we can put our our anchor on and it's those truths that we must remember it's those truths that we must weave into our prayers as we're struggling through these things as we're we're weeping we must remember who God is we must remember the promises that he has given us and that's one of the things we're trying to do as we work through the Psalms 
as we work through these psalms, what are truths that we can then take and implement into our prayers? To give our prayers a, a foundation, something solid that we can plant them on. Instead of saying, Lord, hear me, and not knowing if he does, we can pray, Lord, hear me. You hear the cry of your righteous, of those who are your own, as we saw last week. Lord, give me grace. You promise new mercies every morning. Give me faith to trust you, for I know that you are faithful. Those are solid truths in which we can, we can plant our anchor, which we can take hold of, and we know they won't move. That's what we see here in Psalm 20. They, they're, they're praying these prayers, but they're, they're, they're planting them deep in the promises of God. That's what we must do in our prayers as well. Plant them deep in the solid foundation of the truths of who God is and what he has said. Let us not forget that. As we bring our requests to God, we're praying to a God who is powerful, a God who has made us promises, a God who is good, a God who hears us, a God who works all things for our good in his glory, a God who's coming again, a God who's promised not to forsake us. These are all truths that we must remember as we bring our requests to him. So it's 729 Come back about 7.40 to meet for our meeting. 